In the past two years, living in America has actually, let me just say it, it's become emotionally painful. You know, we have seen firsthand what happens when government takes over healthcare, and that alone should have been enough to awaken all Americans to what was coming. But unfortunately, it didn't. Now, you would think that a stolen 2020 election might just have shaken America awake from its slumber. But uh, it did not. That did not happen either. And then when some 800,000 people attended the January 6th rally in D.C., they were not only ignored, but let's set it straight. They were set up by Pelosi's FBI team and political prisoners were taken and treated worse than the worst criminals in our system without any due process, without any decent treatment as human beings. And now we see it again, another election, still in the process actually of being heisted from the American people. So the question now is, where do we go from here? And that's a tough question to answer. Welcome and thanks for joining me today on Unity Without Compromise. I'm Dr. Steve LaTulip. And let me tell you, I am very concerned about where this nation is going. The odds continue to stack against us, and I don't like it. I've invited a very special guest on the program today who I'll introduce in a minute. Let me say this. If you're not angry right now about what's happening in America, then you are either comatose or blind, or you're an actual deep stater. Whichever it is, though, you know, it doesn't set well with me. We are headed on a crash course, and we need to understand one thing. Americans are being raked over the coals. They are being killed daily because of lawlessness and corruption. Yes, I said killed and maimed and hurt in every way. You know, first it was the COVID shots. Even if nobody right now takes another one, many more are going to die from, uh, from the shots uh, that those have already taken. The damage is already done, in other words. Sudden deaths are toxic shot deaths. And there is no confusion, no misunderstanding about that anymore. The evidence is too overwhelming. And then look at our cities where there's so much violence and on college campuses, even in elementary schools, it's everywhere. Look at Mayor Lori Lightfoot's Chicago. I mean, who would want to live there? Where is the influence of sexual perversion even from the LGBT movement not felt? We see it in universities, in businesses that all have their agendas to promote it. We see it in professional sports and college sports. We see it all over in the military now. We even see it in the churches. So many are following this path to hell and just see how damaging it has been to our society, our children, our families. Recently, the U.S. men's national soccer team just redesigned its crest with gay pride rainbow stripes just in time for the World Cup in Qatar. And a man just won a girl's beauty pageant in America. Okay, enough. I'm sick of it. I've had enough. I can't take any more of what America is becoming. I am totally 
disgusted with what America stands for in this day and age. And I know that many of you listening feel exactly the same way. But the question is, what are we going to do about it? And as I said, it's not an easy question to answer. If we cannot protect our Constitution by applying constitutional laws, then what's next? I mean, what I'm specifically talking about here is if we cannot elect our leaders, then what other choice do we have? And to help me answer this question, I'd like to bring on my guest right now. I have with me today a Mr. Mark Westman. He is an ordained minister who preaches at a church in Oklahoma. He is a fellow former U.S. aviator with me and a good friend with whom I have had the pleasure of discussing some very deep issues, and I always enjoy my talks with Mark Westman. I've had him on the show once before where we discussed a, a, a real agenda that is devastating with the LGBT movement and the transgender movement. And so, Mark, welcome to the program. It is an absolute pleasure having you on board again. Well, thank you, Stephen. It sure does my heart good to hear your voice, old friend. Well, thank you, and I feel the same. So, Mark, um, you know, it appears that we have suffered yet another blow from a corrupt election process, although we did see maybe some victories. I mean, we did just recently take the House, despite all the ballot tampering, all the charades that went on before that have now been even more boldly uh, implemented. Um, so I have to ask you, Mark, what is your take on this election? Do you think it's good? Is it bad? Is it mixed? I mean, where are we going? Well, I agree with Ted Cruz. It's been a, a mitigated disaster for the, for the grand old party. There's just, there is no logical reason for us to have lost this badly. Uh, that's self-evident. Yeah, I mean, this is the first time in history it's happened like this, where president is in the, literally in the toilet, um, President Biden, in terms of his approval rating. And the party that has out of power has always in the mid-election uh, cycle come back roaring. And we didn't. And uh, I, there's a lot of reasons. I think there's a lot of speculation. There's a lot of reasons for that. But um, part of it, I think, lies at the foot of the church, to be honest with you. Well, I can't disagree with that. The church is watered down. It has been way too silent. And I mean, very silent. Um, yeah, I mean, we are a Christian nation. Above all, yeah. we are a Christian nation by history. That is what made us great. And the churches truly are silent. Um, and Add to that um, the great falling away, even from Christianity that we have seen in the past uh, couple of decades or so. Um, it doesn't bode well for us. In fact, um, Pete Hegseth, who's a Fox News co-host, recently said, the America you knew growing up is on life support. And that is no understatement. You know, with all the indoctrination of our youth, and getting, uh, you know, as far as uh, their minds having been severely changed because of brainwashing, this is the next generation 
Um, it seems to me like a, a, a severe COPD or emphysema patient trying to get them off of life support, off of the ventilator, it's a near impossible task. And I think America seems to be in that same boat right now. How do we get off the life, the life support? Do, um, how can we realistically take back America? I mean, I think that's what every conservative Christian and patriot in America wants to know right now. Like, where exactly do we go from here? That's a very fair question, because let me give you, and now this is anecdotal, but I think it's important. When I was back home in central Illinois, I went to church last Sunday. And this is a church I grew up in. This is a good-sized church, three, 400 on a Sunday morning. And I was roaming back in the fellowship hall talking to people. I was astounded how many of those good, conservative, Bible-believing people did not vote in this election. And I, my gut tells me that the Christians overwhelmingly, though when we went, we probably voted uh, in a godly, righteous way. But I'll bet you anything when the numbers are looked at, Christians did not come out in vast numbers like we should have. And if we can't get the church energized uh, for righteousness, there is no hope, Steve. It's got to start in the church. And uh, I just don't know what it's going to take to get the church woken up to do its, its godly duty. Amen. Well, you know, even, even when it comes to Christianity in America, it is mm -hmm. dependent upon evangelism. And I yes. don't know if you remember Keith Green, who uh, once yes. produced a song, Jesus commands us to go, um, but we feel so compelled to stay. And mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. I see that, you know, I see that in the churches. In fact, I've tested a few churches on Sunday where I've said, hey, anybody interested in going out and evangelizing? And they look at me like I'm crazy. <clears throat> yeah, so, um, definitely. Definitely. And then, and then you talk uh, about, um, you know, I, I hear so many Christians actually say that, well, you know, we're Christian and there we therefore we focus on the Bible. We don't get into involved in politics and things like that. And I don't know why, but that just irks me. beyond. What well, should irk you? It, it, one of the greatest political statements in scripture is render to Caesar's what Caesar's render to what God is God's, right? That's a political yes. statement. That is 100% political. And uh, we've got to get our heads on that Jesus was an incredibly political figure. To pretend that he wasn't is just naive because he was operating inside a theocracy. That is a political system of, of uh, the Second Temple Judaism of 2,000 years ago. Uh, they saw him as a threat to their political power. Amen. You yes. know that as well as I do. And yes, I, this, I, the idea that we separate the church from politics to me is just, it's naive and it ends up in a really bad place every time the church pulls back from it. Every time. It does, because if we are not influencing the world, then who's going to influence the world, right? Amen. And, and particularly influencing it for godliness and for what's right. You know, scripture says, oppose evil, oppose it, fight evil and do what is good. I mean, that's commanded in, in, the, in Romans uh, that we are to oppose evil. And if we're not in the political sphere doing that, well, we're, we're very foolish and it's going to come back and bite us as it always does. It always comes back to get us. 
you know, um, it's going to happen, isn't it? You know, yes. a couple of days ago, actually, you sent me a commentary. Uh, I believe it was from Mark Levin speaking about the midterm elections. Oh, yes. With regard to the, the red wave issue, that apparently wasn't. And then you said it will make you shake your head in disbelief. Would you please mm-hmm. explain that comment and what you were getting at there? Well, yeah, because for me, it was fascinating that, you know, you got the the uh, Trump side of the GOP. And of course, you got the the uh, the other side, which is the no, never Trumpers. You got the two extremes inside the inside the party. And then, you know, of course, we have the uh, uh, Senate uh, majority leader. And what was he doing? I mean, look at how he was taking, you know, he raised a tremendous amount of money. And look what he did with that money. Uh, instead of focusing it where Republicans were vulnerable, but probably with enough money, it could have been brought back and maybe they won these things. He's, he's dropping uh, what was it like $11 million and or $9 million into Alaska, which was a slam dunk. They were going to get the Republican. That made no sense to me. And I was just sitting there shaking my head in utter disbelief. Can you imagine uh, allocating your troops in a war and sending your best troops off to an area that, you know, it's a slam dunk. You're going to win. And then leaving the weaker uh, people in that war in that situation, that battle exposed and that's exactly what happened. And I just shook my head in utter disbelief. Plus, uh, Mark Levin, you know, did a very good job of just showing that the numbers did not really prove that there would be a red wave. Uh, so I thought no, that was he, he, Yeah, I thought that was interesting that he he actually said he was never supporting the red wave prophecy about this election. You know, exactly. He says, but he did say it could be coming in 2024. Yes. Um, but but you know what concerned me also about Levin in his commentary is that he didn't even talk about voter fraud. He blamed it all on, on the lame GOP, specifically Mitch McConnell. And I think he was right. Mitch McConnell yeah. is a rhino of rhinos who oh, did yeah, put all their money into the uniparty movement is what they did. They supported yep. their yep. system, yep. you know, <clears throat> and, um, you know, that that certainly did cost us something, uh, but it's going to be hard to get at because what we still don't know, I mean, how many votes were there? Um, I think there was like 25 or so house races that were decided on less than 5% of the vote. And true, true. It, it just makes you ask, okay, there, you know, Levin said there almost, almost was a, a red wave, but they fell short. So the question is why did they fall short? Is it because of the money that was not put into the right um, people uh, running for office, or was it because of manipulated mail-in ballots, which we know already now is a huge problem, you know, or I, is it yeah. actually that America is far gone, th- that far gone that uh, we're not voting with a, a right mind? Well, that's interesting that you say that, because I think it's a combination thereof, of all three that you mentioned. Um, the Republican Party, like it or not, is associated with Christianity. I mean, that goes all the way back uh, to the Reagan era when he carded, you know, when he catered to uh, uh, the Christian right with uh, Jerry Falwell and the, um, what was that? The I can't remember the name of his group that he formed back in the day. Um, 
and there, you know, there was this real connection of the Republican Party to, to uh, Christianity. And there's no doubt uh, that there's a lot of Democrats, a lot of progressives, uh, socialists, communists, slice, anarchists that uh, see the GOP as this Christian group. And uh, that's, the, that's the only thing that makes any sense to me how Fetterman won. That they're, they're not going to vote for Republican because why? The Republican Party is the party of the Christians. Because that, that, that makes no sense to me. None. I mean. Right. Well, because, let me ask you this. Since you brought up Fetterman. I mean, did the yeah. people in Pennsylvania actually vote for John Fetterman? Because, you know, the guy's a dunce. And, and yeah. everybody sees that, right? And you and know remember, that better. You're Biden a doctor. Just, and you know why he's a dunce. Oh, sure. You know? Sure. I mean. I mean, the man yeah. is the man is his dead. cognitive yeah. deficits are severe yeah. and he will not recover from that. And no. remember also, but though Biden just said there's going to be no more drilling for oil and uh-huh. he plans on shutting down the coal plants now. Yeah. And, and this affects Pennsylvania in a huge way. Oh, and, gosh, yes. are these Pennsylvanians really that blind or stupid or is something else going on here? Because well, it doesn't seem likely that it doesn't Pennsylvanians up, does it? would vote. It doesn't add up, does it? It doesn't make sense at all. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, why would you vote against your own best interest? So to me, I agree with you. I think there wasn't enough money. I think the mail-in ballots played a huge factor. I don't think there's any doubt about it. You know, you and I have talked about this. This goes all back to Jimmy Carter when Carter was, you know, investigating what would make a fair election. And one of the things he, he prophesied was, is melon ballots are fraught with abuse. It's going to end up badly. And it certainly seems to me that's coming true. I don't know, have any other explanation for it. Oh, there's no other way to explain what happened in yeah. Arizona with Carrie Lake and her opponent, Katie Hobbs, who happens to be the secretary of state and in charge of elections in Arizona. She did not recuse herself as she should have. Oh, yeah. And the delays in the voting. That stinks to high heaven. That stinks to high heaven. I mean, it it just, I mean, the, you know, the appearance, you know, if you, if you remember scripture says, you know, avoid the appearance of evil and, and I mean, that's just as evil. I mean, that is just, it looks bad. There's just no way to sugarcoat it, but it guarantees uh, her to become the next governor. I don't know how you get around it. It's, she would not well, step that down. Remains, right. That remains to be seen. Now, I, I personally don't think that Kerry Lake is going to concede this election because, I mean, if, if you heard about what was taking place uh, at the election state where they were counting the ballots, I mean, there was a lot of shady stuff going on. The, really? Everything was boarded up. You couldn't see, couldn't go in. They didn't allow key people in there. Um, they were obviously doing some dirty stuff in there. Isn't and all of a sudden... Yeah. And all of a sudden, Katie Hobbs comes out the victor when, in fact, the overwhelming majority of votes from all the votes that were supposedly being brought in from Election Day because of the delays, those were by far like 70, 75 percent of Republican voters over Democrats. And we knew that Um, there was no doubt about that. And all of a sudden, somehow Katie Hobbs got the majority of those votes. It makes no sense at all. The only thing that 
Yeah, exactly. This, this was pure, blatant fraud. It was another stolen election. And of course, this election in Arizona for governor was extremely significant for a good number of reasons. All eyes were on the Arizona gubernatorial race. Yeah, there's no doubt. Between DeSantis and and her, yeah, the country was watching it. And it's interesting, what I thought was interesting, how much news was around it prior to the election. And then after the election, my goodness, in Oklahoma, you don't, it's like a news blackout. We don't know what's going on. And it's very, it's fascinating. Uh, that's why I've been interested in talking to you about it because it's just like, what's going on? And they're not reporting it. So it's fascinating, which tells me there's something going on. There is something going on. And um, I am proud to say that, you know, I, I'm talking to some of the locals here in Arizona since this has transpired. And I'm telling you, people are fired up and people are saying exactly what I've been thinking. Like, there is just no way that we are going to accept this election results because we know it didn't happen. And we have I've heard several people that I've just run into saying we are ready to take up arms to defend our liberty. And really, I mean, they're becoming more brazen about it. And why shouldn't they? If we cannot take this by vote, what recourse do we really have? And, it, you know, maybe that's a rhetorical question or maybe sure, it's sure. just a realistic question. Yeah. Um, so, you know, where are we going from here? Well, it remains to be seen. But I can say this. I, I just have a hunch that Carrie Lake will not concede this election. She will fight it tooth and nail every bit of the way and she will have massive massive support here in arizona and elsewhere in the country so it's going to be very interesting in the next several weeks and perhaps months to find out where this is going but i guarantee you arizonans will not accept a katie hobbs for governor period because if we do we know that the borders will continue to be as leaky as they have ever been we know that sex trafficking uh, of our children and drugs will be rampantly pouring in criminals will be entering our country right here in Arizona. And we see it, you know, we do see it. We're not that far from the border here. No, no, without a doubt. Well, I'm in Oklahoma and it's a path straight up through Texas to Oklahoma. And we've got a real problem with it here. Uh, You know, if you look in the rural areas of Oklahoma, they have been absolutely decimated um, with a fentanyl problem, absolutely decimated. Uh, it's, it's just breaks your heart. It really breaks your heart, Steve. Right. And, you, it's we, and we so all know, people. yeah, it's, it's, and you know, this is just another way the Chinese are getting to us. You know, all those drugs are being produced in China coming through the South and in the United States. And it's just right. heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. Uh, and it, it's a legacy of death. I mean, that's what these the modern it day is. Democrat is. is all about. A legacy of death and everything pertaining to the COVID pandemic, uh, the lockdowns, the masking, the isolation, you know, social distancing, well, the amen. shots. Well, it's nothing go, but death. And go a step further. Nine month old nine month old babies being aborted. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you can't get, in my humble opinion, more barbaric than that. I mean, no. I mean, who is, who hasn't hold held a newborn baby and 
and gone, oh my, this is incredible. This, you know, a lot of people, even though you and I both know the word miracle is used um, wrong often, uh, you can't hardly say it. You can't hardly hold it back when you're holding a newborn baby and not say, this is a miracle. And, uh, uh, you know, just think of aborting a child at nine months and every Democrat voted yes for nine month abortions. Right. I mean, right. that is a cult of death, like you're talking right. about. I mean, right. can I can't think of, uh, you'd be hard pressed to think of anything more evil than that. I, I, I. I can't think of anything more evil than that. Oh, I so agree. I mean, I have delivered myself uh, babies at 28 and 30 weeks. There they you survived, go. And they did wonderfully. And let me tell you, when you talk about abortion, I don't care what type of abortion it, oh, that yeah. is performed. It is the most brutal procedure imaginable. These children in the womb are silently screaming kicking, fighting for their lives as their limbs are being ripped off, their heads ultimately mm. torn apart, they hemorrhage, they bleed, they suffer. And this is performed in a an advanced nation like America. I mean, we are as barbaric as any third world country or any uh, Eastern Bloc country. We, a we are amen. guilty. Amen. Uh, R.C. Sproul used to say all the time, the late R.C. Sproul, used to argue, and I think quite uh, uh, perfectly when he said, you can't call the Islamic faith barbaric when we're taking out 50, 60 million uh, unborn babies. Uh, you can't. You just can't. Who's the barbarian at the, at the gate? Is it really Islam or is it the enlightened so-called West? Uh, it makes you, you know, that's, that's a, that's a very interesting argument that uh, our, the RC made. And it, it just makes me sick when I think about it. Well, it does. And it should. Um, some people say, oh, you know, the, the abortion issue, the reversal of Roe, um, the Roe decision was a bad move. That's why maybe we didn't take the red wave that we should have. Some people say that we shouldn't have just, um, you know, this is not just about abortion, which it is not, but uh, the, the issue of preserving human life, innocent human life is so basic to humanity and to morality and, and peace and law and order. I mean, if, if we let that go and say that that's okay, then every other evil is possible and likely to happen because oh, we I have agree. just announced our absence, complete absence of respect for human life. Oh, I agree. Because it really boils down to this. Is human life made in the image of God? And if it is, then it's sacred because we are all image bearers of God. Now, if you buy into like the progressives do, that uh, all we are is a bunch of DNA, uh, that we got lucky in the Darwinian sense of, of evolution and we got a supercomputer between our ears, but there really isn't anything different between us and a mosquito. Well, yeah. You know, that's that's when, you know, uh, we've had people take that out to its logical conclusion. Their name was Mao Zedong and Joseph Stalin and Adolf Hitler. And they killed millions of people because they didn't see human life being made in the image of God. And so that to, to me, that's the big argument 
uh, when it comes down to abortion. What is a human life? And I is agree. It just, and is and it the just science sum- clearly, yeah, yeah. And the the science answers the question of is it human life or not? Yeah, and, and it's so straightforward that yeah. you know life begins at conception. When yeah. you have a zygote, you have a human that is growing, and if it's not human, what else is it? You know, yeah. It's, and it's not, so you're right. It's an issue uh, that is at the very core of um, of a civilized society. It's absolutely, absolutely. I mean, that when you know, when you think back and you look at civilizations, how do people and historians judge past civilizations, past governments, on how humane they were? And um, uh, I mean, when you think of Genghis Khan. You don't think of a great nation building. You think of a ruthless group of people that raped and pillaged and murdered uh, so many people. It's it's off the charts. Uh, you think of the great Roman Empire. You know what comes to your mind? They were bloodlust. I mean, they go to the Colosseum and and watched people get raped and they watched people get killed and they watched you know the feeding of of innocent people uh, to the lions. I mean, yeah, so this is. I don't think history is going to look back at, at us. They're going to say, look, America was this great country, but at the same time, look what it was doing to its most vulnerable population. It's just sad. Sure. To me. sure. And we are going me. fast. We're quickly going down the slippery slope. Right we are. Now. So, and and so, again, isn't and, it interesting that this is happening as the church is, is, is uh, in retreating. Isn't that interesting? It is. It correlates very well. Well, uh, we are going to take a short break and we'll be right back at it and talk about how we are actually going to survive the future and take a close look at that course. Uh, We'll be right back. You already know Genesis plus HOCL is your best defense against viruses. But did you also know it's the most powerful weapon for eliminating airborne mold too? Customers are raving about the Genesis Fogger's ability to tackle mold problems and the bad smells that go with them. And we all know mold is a hazard to your health. There's no airborne invader that Genesis can't handle. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD. spirit of American liberty and justice is woven into the soul of America Out Loud. 
We are the voice of a nation, the American nation, that is. This is Malcolm Out Loud. I invite you back to AmericaOutloud.com, where the fight for liberty and justice continues. America Out Loud Talk Radio. back. This is Unity Without Compromise with Dr. Steve Latulip and my guest, Mark Westman. Today, um, we are trying to get at some facts, but please remember first that this recording uh, it can be heard on weekends at 12 and 5 Eastern Time, and then it does go to podcast. You can go to AmericaOutloud.com and access all of my pod- podcasts as well as my weekly or bi-weekly articles. Um, but today, let's get back right into it. I'm trying to answer a very straightforward question, but a very complicated question. Mm-hmm. Where do we go from here? We are beyond the 2020 election. We have taken the House. The Senate is still up for grabs. We don't know the, exactly how that will turn out. But let's face it, America is still in a nosedive. Mark Levin says that we'll do better in 2024. Now, I seriously question whether or not America is going to make it to the next election. Mm -hmm. And if the election integrity issue, if if election integrity is still elusive, do you think another election is really going to matter? That's where we're getting at. Now, President Trump just recently announced his candidacy for the 2024 election. I personally feel that this is going to give some people hope. I mean, look at the crowds that he still draws. But I would still like to know how in the world are we going to survive two more years under the tyranny of a completely rogue regime that is carrying out step by step its collapsing of America? What do you think on that, Mark? That's a really good question. I mean, I have really pondered that. I've listened to a lot of people, read a lot of stuff. Um, Because the first thing that you brought up was Donald Trump. And yes, I do agree that Donald Trump will bring hope to a lot of people. I mean, just the people I know within my own family. Uh, They're very excited that Donald Trump uh, is going to try to get back in the fray and go back to fight for America. Um, but then I know other people, uh, who are suffering from what I call, you know, uh, they're just kind of burnt out on, on Donald Trump. Um, and they're just kind of what I think they call it Trump fatigue. And I understand that as well, uh, that, uh, there is a fatigue factor because while he will bring out the right, he will also bring out the left and, uh, that's going to be very, very interesting uh, if he gets the nomination. Um, and then the second part to your question, I think, is very interesting as well. How do we survive the next two years? Um, that is a really tough question because so much is going to depend on the economy. So much is going to depend on what happens in Ukraine. I mean, you know, we you saw where the Soviet Union a few year, a few days ago, uh, Soviet Union, excuse me, that's, that goes back to our Cold War days, brother. Uh, well, Russia uh, lobbed a, a missile into Poland and killed two people. 
you know, if stuff like that keeps happening, that could, that could start a world war, which would be very, very bad, obviously. Um, so you have the economy, a, 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 we're fighting a proxy war. Uh, and, and then we have the decline of the church. And then we have um, uh, the DOJ that has been clearly weaponized uh, against law-abiding citizens. Uh, I mean, even went after Donald Trump, for goodness sakes. Uh, so it's, it's a, how do we combat that? Well, yeah. So what I you're think, saying I, is I, America- I, I, I think we have to pray really hard. I mean, we do not struggle. Paul makes it very clear in uh, the book of Ephesians that we do not struggle against flesh and blood. So one of the things we as Christians have got to do, we get our, we got to get our eyes off of, off of Biden, get our eyes off of, of some of this other stuff and realize that there is a war, an unseen realm that we're battling against. And, so, and that the only way we battle against that is through evangelism, through the Bible, and through uh, prayer and worship, of course. Uh, okay, well, listen, I'm going to hold you to that. Um, yeah. Because, you know, what I really think America needs right now, yes. more than anything, is to figure out who we really are. And Amen. Not Amen. only that, but what are we supposed to do? And I honestly believe that people are struggling with this identity crisis. I mean, I agree. Are you a patriot? What does that mean? If you yeah, say, I agree. if you claim I'm a patriot, what exactly do you mean by that? Mm-hmm. Are you a Christian? What does that mean? Because yeah. so many people say, well, you know, what do you think I am? You know, I'm not a heathen. I, of course, I'm a Christian. Yeah. I'm American. Yeah. And, it, and it's meaningless sometimes. It and is. then let's go further. Are you pro First Amendment? Okay. Are you a constitutionalist? Do you, do you defend the, the, the first amendment? And if you do, what does that mean? And then yeah. what about the second amendment? Are you pro second amendment? And oh yeah, a lot of people say, well, of course I am. Well, what do you mean by that statement? You know, explain yourself because these are questions that are going to have to come up and be answered in the next two years, I believe. Okay. I because agree. we, because we are in a struggle for our lives right now. I, I agree. absolutely believe that we are hanging on by a thread. And oh, so, there's no doubt. yeah. So, you know, I, we have to look in the mirror and ask ourselves, who am I and what is my game? What am I supposed to be doing right now as an American, as a Christian, as a contender of the faith, the Christian faith, and as a contender of the Constitution, which every military man has sworn an oath to defend. And um, we're going to have to decide what we really mean when we say we are willing to defend the faith and to defend the Constitution. I, I agree. And that's why I, I, I say that, first and foremost, it's going to take a recognition in the church to realize this is not a battle against flesh and blood uh, in the, in the ultimate sense, but obviously it translates into our world um, through principalities and powers that are entrenched in government and political uh, uh, establishments. And you're right. What are we going to do? Are we going to pick up a gun? Are we going to, uh, are we going to resort to the, the level of violence that the left does? I mean, just look at the summer of, of mostly peaceful protests. I mean, I, uh, are we going to get to that level, Christians? And, 
it's 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 a fascinating topic and it's a scary topic it is um, and it's a tough it's a tough question to answer you it know, is. the biggest problem i have right now is that if we're claiming to be to be defenders of the constitution uh-huh. i i have to conclude that we are really disingenuous i mean ask ourselves right now do we have a government of the people uh, and for the people, by the people? No, we don't. No. Do no. we have honest elections? No. I would say we're we're pretty much no better than Brazil, are we? Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. And then, and then is is anything that this government regime right now that is terrorizing the uh, American people? Is there anything that they're doing to benefit America in any way right now? Can you think of something? No. I can't Not even close. I can't. And Everything. They, so flip it, it. You know, is our current re- uh, government regime terrorizing the American people? And that's a, the only yes answer I can come up with. Yes. Yeah, yeah I agree. And, with you. and they want to take, you know, they want to take away our guns. They're after our children. They want to destroy our history. They're after shutting down the Christian faith, the church. And they're still pushing the bioweapons. And they are likely creating more working on it right now. Well, I agree. As Dennis Prager said, uh, and so perfectly, he says, everything the left touches, it destroys. Everything. Yeah. There's not yeah, an exception. It's, it's There's not an exception. I've tried because I've tested that premise on him. And I've sat there and I've really thought and contemplated uh, when he says that. And he is absolutely right. Because there's a difference, as Prager makes clear, there's a difference between the old time Democrat and the and the progressive socialists and the the Democratic Party has been taken over by progressives, a one hundred percent taken over practically. And Wait, do you think uh, it's an accident, Mark? Everything no, they touch no, is destroyed. No, not at all. I th- I think I think again there is a spiritual dimension to this of evil uh, that we on the right, particularly the Christian right, we need to recognize. This this is a this is a battle over ideology. This is a battle over light versus darkness uh, and truth versus lies. There's no if answer, but I mean, just, just take the trans uh, issue. I mean, they're trying, I mean, our government now officially calls it birthing people, birthing people. Now, where do you have to get in your mind, in your heart, to actually believe that's true. Right. And, and we're seeing this in, in the top medical journals. This oh, yeah. Too, okay? Oh, yeah. So that, that tells you how far down uh, the slope we have slidden. And, and you know, how do we change it? So, okay, we, we have this horrible, despicable problem in America. But if we have no say over the outcome of our, our elections so that we cannot we cannot elect the right people that we want into our offices that will take us in the right direction. Then what other recourse do we have according to our constitution? What does the constitution say? Take it back. That's what it says in the, that's what it says in the declaration of independence. I mean, it's, it's very clear. It says, you know, if you, if you, if the people are losing their freedom, it is up to the people to take it back. And we all know what that means. Uh, you know, it means start out uh, peacefully, start out uh, assembling, uh, organizing, and trying to bring attention. But if that doesn't work, we do what we did to the king. It will end up in violence. We went against the king. And, uh, and as we say, the rest is history. And it was a bloody history. 
that made that happen. And I hope we don't go down that path. Amen, brother. That's amen. That's, I agree with you. Oh. I mean, we we who have served in the military, oh, yeah. you know, desire oh, yeah. peace. You know, oh, we desire yes. peace, but we un- also understand the principle that freedom does have a price. Oh, absolutely. Um, freedom is not free. No, it is not free. Hey, let me, uh, you know, let me ask you a a little something uh, from a comment from Marjorie Taylor Greene. Mm -hmm. Um, She exposes what she calls a harsh reality. Uh I think that's the word she used. She says it's very, very risky right now to produce a leadership challenge to the Speaker of the House, uh, Republicans who would, um, you know, want to make a deal with the Democrats uh, mm-hmm. And have someone cross over like Liz Cheney for uh, mm-hmm. Speaker of the House. Um, is, is this compromise, or do you think that uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene has a point here? Oh, she has a point. There's no doubt about it. You, you cannot look in the old days. Yeah, you know, let's let's go back when you and I were young men. Go back to the days when Ronald Reagan and and the guys were there. You know, it was Democrat versus Republican, and those guys could compromise because there was mutual agreement. The old Democrats loved America. Amen. They wore the uniforms. They went to fight the wars. They loved this country. We, you know, the big argument was how big is government going to be and what's government going to do? And, you know, that's basically what Reagan was fighting. And, uh, and, 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 but let's come forward now from when we're now older gentlemen, uh, we are up against evil now. We cannot, the, the Bible makes it clear. We cannot compromise with evil. It always ends up terrible. Just read first and second Kings. I mean, anytime the King started to compromise, what happened to Israel? Amen. It was bad, very bad. And one of the big reasons we have those books is to teach us. Paul tells us in Romans 15, we have all this stuff given to us in the past so that we can learn from their mistakes. So God gave us, the Holy Spirit gave us uh, first and second Kings. And there it is for us. We can be a nation that chooses to follow God and his righteousness, or we can follow the gods of other nations. And when we do that, we do it to our own peril. And, yes, uh, and, and that principle has never changed. That's right. We cannot, we cannot compromise with evil. And you and I, as young soldiers, wore our nation's uniform to fight the great evil empire, as Ronald Reagan called them. And like it or not, the modern Democratic Party is communist today. It's socialist. It's progressive. It is everything that we fought against or potentially was willing to fight against during the Cold War days. And uh, this is, and, and for me, what's really sad is to see how the church has embraced so much of this. It just breaks my heart. It does. It breaks my heart. Because, well, of, the churches, too. because of the churches go, everything else goes with it. Right. Uh, and unfortunately, church leadership has really failed miserably to oh, raise yes. up fearless warriors for Christ. Oh, I, and, amen. And, and, you know, the fact is, if churches do not get involved soon in this fight, then you know what the churches are going to be doing? They're going to be hiding in basements to have church That's worship. Right. That's because right. Because the persecution is coming. The day is coming very soon, unless something drastically changes. I mean, the threat of this is becoming more of a reality every day, isn't it? 
Oh yeah, without a doubt. I mean, you think of Dietrich Bonhoeffer and his great book, The Cost of Discipleship, and you know he talks about cheap grace. And one of the great lines in that book is, "When God calls a man, He calls a man to come and die." And yeah. Christians yeah. have got to get there. We've got to get to where Jesus was talking to his disciples. And what did he tell them? Pick up your cross daily and right. follow the very me. symbol of death. That's yeah, right. Exactly. He was not, he was not uh, talking uh, symbolically there. Uh, he, you, again, you got to think second temple Judaism, uh, you know, if Josephus is right, and I believe he is, there wasn't a family in ancient Israel that had not been directly touched by some loved one being crucified. And so everybody knew exactly what Jesus was saying when he said, pick up that cross daily and follow me. He is calling um, people to die. That is That's right. what he's. Well, Mark, listen, I'll, I'll, let me just admit to you. I mean, I struggle as much as the next guy mm. as to what is the best course of action. You know, some people say, yeah, America needs another great spiritual awakening. And I would agree. I mean, I I could not disagree with that, but is it likely to happen in the near future in America? What do you think? Well, that's an interesting question, isn't it? Because the two, the two big ones, you know, the one that started uh, uh, a particular, the second one, let's go with the second one at Cane Ridge, uh, Kentucky. Nobody saw that coming. Nobody saw that coming. Um, and Jonathan Edwards, the first one that occurred there at, at uh, Yale, nobody saw that one coming either. So the problem is you just, you can't plan for an awakening. I, and, and it, what's historically, if you look at them, they never start in the church. They actually start outside the church. And they so, uh, I mean, that's just a fact of history. And, so that and, would and take, that would take a, a, an extra movement of God our sovereign God and his providence moving. And right now I don't see that, but that doesn't mean that God can't or won't do it. I just don't see it on the horizon. Do you? So, uh, well, um, so you're saying if you and I were to go out and start street evangelizing in America, I mean, let's Uh just devote ourselves fully to this. You're saying, um, we probably wouldn't get the job done. I mean, how many would receive the message that we shared, you know, with the gospel? Um, It's a problem. It is a problem because the heart of many people have, have turned from God. Oh, big time. It's Romans chapter one, brother. It is. That's that's where we're at. And then we have to contend with the fact that apart from Christianity, America as a free republic is mm-hmm. absolutely unsustainable. But this oh, is yeah. an unspoken truth still. The churches, oh, yeah. this is the message that should be coming from every, every pulpit in America right now. Yes, Without I Christianity, we're, we're a doomed nation. And I would suppose that that is our, really our biggest concern. And you stated that in the beginning, and I, I, I can't disagree with that. Yeah. Um, so well, what Dennis, do we do as, as Christians today going forward? Because I personally think that things are yes. going to get pretty daggone horrible. And that's what President Trump said, actually, when he announced that he, he was running for president. I mean, he yes. said, you can expect things to get a lot worse. The question is, will they get so bad that we implode and that we do not survive this? Well, that's and that's a fair question. And, and I think I told you, I listened to Ted Cruz after his uh, after the election 
And Ted Cruz said, all eyes should be as Christians. You know, we should be praying for what's going to happen in Georgia. Uh, if the Democrats get control of that Senate, they get 51 uh, senators, all hell's going to break loose in this country. All hell's going to break loose. It, and it will. He's right about that. He is. No and every single category that you mentioned, um, the Dems aren't, you know, it, 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 it's the old line. If people are telling you something, you might as well go ahead and believe that they're going to do that. <laughs> and they're, te they're telegraphing. They're telling us what they're going to pack the court. They're telling us that. They're going to get rid of the filibuster. They're telling us they're going to get rid of the Second Amendment. They're telling us this. All this, they're, they're going to weaponize more and more of the government. I mean, what do you think those 80,008 IRS agents are for? I mean, obviously, they're going to weaponize the government. Yes, they are. And, and, and they're telling us boldly right now because they are convinced that we are spineless, that we oh, will yeah. do nothing about it. And that's what Absolutely. irks me so badly. And, sure. and I suppose it irks me because I have feel that they might be right. They, they are. We, you know, America, uh, I don't care how conservative you are. When push comes to shove, I know too many people who say, oh, well, look, I, I, I don't want to lose my cushy job. I don't want to lose any possessions. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Well, I, and, and, and if you doubt that, COVID proved it. It did. It absolutely it proved did. It. it proved it. I mean, one of the things that just broke my, you know, I was fortunate. I live in a state where the governor didn't close down businesses he didn't close down the church um individual churches like mine at first it did uh because we didn't have a lot of information a lot of old people were dying and then obviously when it became clear after talking to you particularly we reopened right up after talking to you about it um but i was shocked uh, you know dennis prager talked about that he was absolutely shocked that jews and christians just obeyed and shut down even when the evidence was overwhelming that we had been lied to by our government. And that yeah. break, that that's scary, Steve, that's scary stuff. When, you know, because what are we saying? What are we saying to people when we didn't honor getting together as the body of Christ and worshiping our Lord in spirit and truth? We, we were saying to the world and to our families, this doesn't matter. Because it's not essential. Amen. I, I cannot Amen. disagree with that. Mark. Right. You I mean, think about right. it. Think about that for a second. Okay. Because well, listen, I, I was I was categorized as an essential worker in my other job. Okay. So I had to work. I was an essential worker, but in my role as a minister and what we do as a church was listed as non-essential. That's exactly right. And that is exactly the root of the problem. You bet well, you. Listen, let me just conclude this. I have to get it off my chest. We yes. have to. We ought to kneel to Christ alone, and we must Amen. not be afraid to fight the enemies who That's torment right. so many. I mean, we already have violence going on. We are quickly running out of options. Election fraud right now is institutionalized. It is no the doubt. new normal. Yeah, and we must not accept it. We must not accept it. And that's on top of all the other twisted politics that is spreading a dark, gloomy cloud over American soil. I mean, exposing the evil is not enough. If I were to prognosticate, I would say 
that this fight will not be won through the ballot box. That's just my hunch. It will not be won in a jury box because the system is broken and we have not defended our constitution. This coup d'etat is evolving and things will continue to get a whole lot worse because the domestic enemy is not being stopped. That's the bottom line. And so what's coming in our future? A whole lot more pain and suffering, probably beyond every American's comprehension because we have bowed a knee to the enemy. We have acted cowardly. We have straddled the fence and have been too silent for too long. We have abandoned our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as a nation. And now we will pay a price. This is Galatians 6, 7 being played out. It says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he also will reap. Now, I realize I'm probably at odds with a lot of people like Don, uh, Dan Bongino, Mark Levin, Steve Crowder, and perhaps a, a whole lot of other limelighters. So take what I say with a pinch of salt. But I stand by my words. Apart from Christianity, a free America simply cannot be sustained. Things are going to have to get a whole lot worse before America returns to the goodness of the Lord. The seeds of judgment are still being sown, and we are watching a wretched harvest that is coming as a result of this. Now, I hope I am wrong. I do pray that I am wrong. And every day I will continue to contend for the faith as well as for our free republic. I will continue also to live my life as an American, as a Christian American. And when the call comes, and if it comes, I'll be there. It's been a privilege to have a faithful friend, Mark Westman, with me today. And Mark, I thank you for being here. You have been listening to Unity Without Compromise with Dr. Steve Latulip. Keep praying for peace and keep living like a patriot, a Christian patriot. Adieu.